Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Inclusive Collective, where we share stories and learnings of inclusive people, organizations, and innovation. I'm your co-host, Rob Hadley, a people and culture strategist specializing in DE&I and people analytics. My co-host is Nadia Butt, an organizational development and belonging strategist. Today, we have a special bonus episode we're really excited about. This past year, Refillion Media launched the website FAN, that's F-A-N-N, from the Arabic word for art. FAN is a hub for discovering Muslim creativity, focusing on projects conceptualized and created by Muslim Americans, often, but not always, featuring Muslim stories and characters. And recently, FAN debuted the FAN Boy Friday podcast hosted by Shah Jahan Khan, person that inclusive collective listeners should get to know. We're a fan of Shah Jahan's as well. We invite you to enjoy this premiere episode of the Fanboy Friday podcast here on Inclusive Collective. A Shah Jahan interview screenwriter, producer, musician, and journalist, Abdullah Said. Delic Boys is a comedy TV show that I created. Uh, It's about two Pakistani-American brothers who lose their father, inherit his business empire, and realize that they are now in a criminal underworld. And yeah, that's Deli Boys. Hi folks, welcome to the first Fanboy Friday with me, your host, Shah Jahan Khan. Each episode, I'll be speaking with someone who, well, who I'm a fan of in one way or another. We're kicking off the series with my oldest friend in the world, screenwriter, producer, musician, and journalist Abdullah Said. We go so far back that our grandfathers knew each other in Pakistan before either of us was born. So stick around, and we'll be right back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. 
Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I initially wrote this as a sample trying to get staff jobs in writers' rooms. And I was trying to write something a little more grounded than my usual stuff, which is like kind of a high concept things. I had written an animated pilot at that point, which I'm still working on now. And I didn't realize that it struck such a chord because, you know, I think that South Asians, Pakistanis in America are at a point where we're now more visible in the culture and people want to see a more diverse, nuanced depiction of us. And this was in the right place at the right time. And then also, I like to think that it's funny. <laughs> Since you've done the pilot, and now I obviously know how long you've been working on this thing. I've yeah. probably read draft one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Really, really fortunate to like have followed the whole journey of it. You gave really great notes throughout, too. <laughs> I know it's just super cool for me, obviously, as your friend to like see it made. But I'm curious, like, what what was like one of the first times where you were like on set shooting like your fucking pilot when you were like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah, I think it was like day two of shooting. I think we had like six days of shooting or seven days of shooting. It was pretty quick. And we were shooting Iqbal Thiba doing the Baba video that starts the pilot, where it's like, it's a video to investors and you kind of get to know him, uh, you know, and he's being like a real salesman. And seeing Iqbal do that was pretty crazy because he was definitely the residual image that I pictured in my mind playing that role. Not because I expected to get him, but because that's the one of the only, like, you know, older... South Asian dudes I've ever seen on TV consistently. You know what I mean? And he's Pakistani. And I, you know, knew that if I got lucky, I would end up seeing his tape for this, you know, because I feel like when you see a South Asian rule for an older dad, I figure he's one of a handful of guys that gets that goal. Right. But yeah, that was pretty amazing. That, that, that blew my mind. How does your musical background inform your screenwriting? So I, I definitely put songs into my scripts, you know, like in early drafts, I'll start saying, oh, like, you know, this song is playing when this scene is happening or when this opens or when this transition happens, because I am kind of like, you know, just addicted to the combination of the visual and the audio. And I have a much deeper, better understanding of the audio, right? Uh, because I have a background in music. So for me, it helps to illustrate things quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've composed the theme songs to a lot of 
the media that I've made, Bon Appetit, Great Moments in Weed History. I composed the theme songs. Uh, and, you know, I also composed the theme song for Deli Boys, which is in the current pilot. Uh, you know, granted, it, it doesn't offend anyone, you know, between here and potentially when this thing is on TV, hopefully it'll stay there. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it definitely, like, I, I've written characters that are musicians also because it's something I can relate to. And I think that it says something about a person in a lot of ways. Like, I written a character that plays bass because it seems to say something about a person, right, in a way. Uh, because I grew up being in bands. I understand people have been. I've hardly ever been on a scripted film or TV set, you know? It's really just a handful of times that I have. Uh, it's not really my world. I understand musicians and music much better. But yeah, it's there's a lot of crossover between the two things. I heard you once on, I think it was the, um, when you did that, yo, is this racist or some other podcast talking about how somebody asked you a question about like, it was like a kind of like a diaspora related, you know, yeah. question. And you, you said something to the effect of, you know, I'm in this kind of unique position where I don't, and, oh, cause you had just moved to LA or something. And it was like, I don't necessarily have a home in the same way that a lot of like kids like me i guess you could say yeah. have that kind of like diaspora american first generation thing and not that you don't i just was curious like how that informs like your view and kind of like the projects that you choose to take on and like your style of writing yeah yeah that's a great question i i think uh you know i really am a person without a home i think that's why you know i've made la my home for a long time, it seemed like the place I wanted to make my home, you know, and now, like, I'm marrying someone who's, like, a native to this town, and I, I live here, and it's very much, like, a part of my, uh, you know, personality now, and, you know, I don't plan on leaving ever, and, you know, I am Pakistani, but I grew up in Thailand, but I was born in the U.S., I've lived all over the U.S., right, so it's like, yeah, I am, like, kind of nomadic. And the way they divorce my work, I think it's really helped me to be a more expansive thinker. People don't really see the nuances of American culture when they grow up in it that I can see growing up in another country as an American expat, consuming America as the media that I'm consuming in that other country because I'm going to school where I'm learning in English and I live in a place where everybody speaks English and it's like, aspiring to like you know get american culture in a sense and when you come here you start noticing all the little weirdnesses about it you know like something that i i always noticed was you know when you're a kid and you watch tv everyone's name in an american show is like mike johnson and you know whatever like you know rick jackson or whatever it's like they're very straightforward names but when you come people have all kinds of weird like slavic eastern european last names and you know, it's like nobody really has like that American name. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just the thing that stuck out to me and it has changed the way that I name characters and my stuff, you know? And I don't think that anybody would notice that if they grew up in America their whole life, you know, like never made that distinction in a sense. 
And then also, it just has made me think bigger, which actually was a real crutch for me as a writer for a long time, because I was much more interested in world building than in characters, you know? And now I'm definitely more interested in characters. I still love the world building stuff, but, you know, I'm hyper aware that everything, at least that sells, right, needs to be character driven. I think there's things that are very effective that are not character driven, but I don't think that anything like that can ever hit big enough to justify working on something that risky in a sense. You know what I mean? So, like, I always try to invent an interesting world for something. And when I do, I really kind of, you know, this is also where my journalism background comes in a little bit. I try to notice and incorporate all of those, the little details that make something feel real, you know? Like Aaron Sorkin said this thing in his in the screenwriting uh, master class that he did, where he was like talking about jargon, how jargon really makes something feel authentic and real. It really puts you in there, and like you know, that's like the small detail of how people talk. I just rewatched Heat recently, and it almost incomprehensible some of the things they're saying just because of the jargon they're using but it makes it feel real it feels like those details are there and, and you know like that that's a real interest of mine when it comes to screenwriting who are like some of the creators or creatives that like you're currently inspired by yeah man um Mohsen Hamid mm-hmm. for sure I I thought you know I like Mod Smoke, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I really liked How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia. Because it, it, it's just like, yeah, man, I, I, I was really blown away by just how real it felt and how familiar it felt. And yet it's like felt like this side of a world, this side of Pakistan that, you know, like I, I'd never really seen as a kid, like, you know, visiting my grandparents or whatever. Other Pakistanis that are doing stuff, I'm really stoked that someone like Riz exists and is out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really stoked that someone like Kumail exists and is out there because it's like they're very unique Pakistani guys. They don't fit the stereotypes that a lot of people would put us in. You know what I mean? Based on our depiction over the last couple of decades. And yet they're huge fucking stars. You know what I mean? And I think that people like that paved the way for people like you and me in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Because we're slightly more outsider. Who else? Let me think. Jay Paul is back. I don't know. If I know. Uh, yeah. Come back on that. I was very stoked about. You know, I met up with Himanshu recently. Yeah, I actually LA. spoke with him last week. He was saying that you guys met up. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, that's a person who I think has just been a really important South Asian American pop culture agree. figure. Agree. And, and you know, and and it's his artistry, his look. I think it's so interesting that he's kind of pan South Asian and that he makes as many Muslim references as he does Hindu or Sikh references or whatever. And it is just like he's I think a very important, he represents the lack of barriers between South Asian Americans, right? And I think that right now is a shitty time for a South Asian American 
inner South Asian American relations because of what's happening in India, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and I think that someone like Himanshu is important for all of us to look to, to be like, he doesn't, you know, he, he represents the destruction of that wall. You know what I mean? Between our cultures, because we're, we don't live there anymore. We live here. Uh, and he's a really special guy for that reason. And, you know, he did a version of the Delhi Boys theme song. He rapped over it. And I have it. Uh, and he did it real quick. I think he did it without ever reading the script, which is I interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. You'll have yeah, to show yeah. that to me in secret. Yeah, yeah. I'll send that to you in secret for sure. And then, you know, that that's the, I want to start the mythology of that song right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much. Fanboy Friday with Shah Jahan Khan is a production of Rafelion Media, hosted by me and edited by Ari Mathay. Our theme song was composed by myself and my good friend Tanya Pollitt. Special shout out to my mom, Tina Khan, for bringing home the Rabab from Pakistan, which is the featured instrument, along with Tanya's incredible vocals. Please follow Abdullah on all the socials at I'm Your Kid, I M Y O U R K I D, and me at Shahjistan. S-H-A-H-J-I-S-T-A-N. Thanks so much for listening.